Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. You'll recall on Friday we ended with a set of five flashbacks into David's life. Five flashbacks that captured who he was, much like the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. But now we move into 1 Kings. David is an old man. And I begin with chapter 1. When King David was old and well advanced in years, he couldn't keep warm even when they put the covers over him. So his servants said to him, let's look for a young virgin to attend the king and take care of him. She can lie beside him so that our Lord, the king, may keep warm. Well, that sounds like a pretty good plan to me, and I bet it did to all the attendants as well. So they searched throughout Israel for a beautiful girl, the most beautiful girl in all the land. And they found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she took care of the king and waited on him. But notice, the king had no intimate relations with her. Now that's important. I remember teaching this story in class at UCLA early on in my career. And my dissertation chairman, Professor Bob Kinsman, called me on a Sunday night. And he said, Bill, <clears throat> Bob here, I wonder if, if I and my wife Barbara might attend your class on Monday night. Well, I was rather intimidated. That was the professor under whom I came up through the PhD ranks. But I said, sure, we'd love to have you. Well, there they were in class on Monday, and I'm teaching this very story. They searched all throughout Israel for a beautiful girl, and they found Abishag a Shunammite and brought her to the king. And the girl was very beautiful. And she took care of the king and waited on him, but the king had no intimate relations with her. Now, why not? Why did the king not have intimate relations with her? I asked my class. And one woman turned around and looked at Bob Kinsman and said, because old men can't. Oh, the class roared with laughter. Bob turned crimson and then he began laughing and couldn't stop. Here was the elderly professor giggling like a schoolgirl and he couldn't stop laughing. Oh, that was such a funny moment in class. One of the funniest I've ever witnessed. Well, let me continue with the story. Now, Adoniah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be king. Because David's an old man, he's about to die, Adoniah is next in line for the kingship. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. And by the way, parenthetically, his father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave like this? He was also very handsome and born next after Absalom. Now remember, Absalom is dead. Joab killed him in the rebellion, Absalom's rebellion against David. So Adoniah is indeed the legitimate heir to the throne. But he looked at his father and he said, he's too old to govern, he's too sick to govern. It's my time. 
So Adonai conferred with Joab, son of Zariah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei and Rei and David's special guard did not join Adoniah. Adoniah then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zaholeth near Enrogal, and he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the special guard, or his brother Solomon. Adoniah knew that Nathan the prophet would not support him. Adoniah knew that something was up, so he didn't invite these people who might cause trouble. Well, then Nathan the prophet, who had been with David from the caves of En Gedi, Nathan, the one who confronted David about Bathsheba. Nathan asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adoniah, the son of Haggith, has become king without our Lord David's knowing it? Now then, let me advise you how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Because to Adoniah, this little click within the family, Nathan, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Bathsheba, and her son Solomon, they were a danger. And when Adoniah became king, he would eliminate them. So Nathan went to Bathsheba knowing this. And Bathsheba didn't have a clue about Adoniah. Well, maybe she suspected. We'll see. So Nathan said to Bathsheba, let me advise you how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go into King David and say to him, My lord the king, did you not swear to me your servant? Surely Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he'll sit on my throne? So why then has Adoniah become king? And while you're still there talking to the king, I'll come in and confirm what you've said. Now this is really interesting. Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me and then will sit on my throne. Apparently, David had promised Bathsheba that Solomon would be king. Solomon, not Adoniah. Now think about that for a moment. Solomon and not Adoniah. How many sons did David have? Well, if we read through scripture, he has 19 named sons. The first sons, six of them, were born in Hebron, you'll recall, over in 2 Samuel 3, verses 2 to 5. Amnon, Keilab, Absalom, Adoniah, Shephatiah, and Ethraim, all born in Hebron. And then David had other sons born in Jerusalem, including the sons of Bathsheba, the infant who died, you'll recall, Shimea or Shama, probably the first surviving child of Bathsheba, Shobab from Bathsheba, Nathan from Bathsheba, named after Nathan the prophet, you might note, and Solomon. 
So Solomon is son number 10. He's way down on the list. Adoniah was son number four and the legitimate heir to the throne. So that is problematic. But I'll bet, you know, after what David did to Bathsheba, after David's shameful behavior, he was guilty. And he tried to make it up to her. And I can imagine one night lying in bed with Bathsheba, a little pillow talk going on. And David said to Bathsheba, you know, I've been thinking about it. I would like to make our son Solomon king after me. Really, she said. Yes, I think he'd make a fine king. So that promise had been made to Bathsheba. And now Nathan goes into Bathsheba and says, Have you not heard that Adonai, son of Haggith, has become king without David knowing it? So what's Bathsheba going to do? Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room where Abishag the Shunammite was attending him. Bathsheba bowed low and knelt before the king. What is it you want, the king asked. And she said to him, My lord, you yourself swore to me your servant by the Lord your God, Solomon your son shall be king after me and will sit on my throne. See, I told you, David had made that promise. But now Adoniah has become king and you, my lord and king, do not know about it. It's all been done in secret. In fact, he sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep, and invited all the king's sons, Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But he has not invited Solomon, your servant. And my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, as soon as my lord the king is laid to rest with his forefathers, I and my son Solomon will be treated as criminals. We will be toast. Now, while she was still speaking with the king, as planned, Nathan the prophet arrived. And they told the king, Nathan the prophet is here. So he went before the king and bowed with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, have you, my lord the king, declared that Adonai shall be king after you and that he will sit on your throne? Today, he's gone down and sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep, and he's invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. And right now, they are eating and drinking with him and saying, Long live King Adonai! But me, Nathan, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, head of your personal bodyguard, and your servant Solomon were not invited. Now, is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? So Nathan planned this just right. Have Bathsheba go in, speak to David. Nathan would then come in and confirm what Bathsheba said. David, an elderly king, old, well-advanced in years, and he couldn't keep warm even when they put the covers over him, he sat up in bed. 
strength came back. And David said, call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. And Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground, and kneeling before the king, said, May my Lord King David live forever. King David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. And when they came before the king, he said to them, Take your Lord's servants with you, and set Solomon my son on my own mule, and take him down to the Gihon spring. There have Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon! And then you're to go with him. And he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. So while the party's going on down at Hebron, David anoints Solomon. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen, and may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, so declare it. As the Lord was with my Lord the King, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and Pelethites, the mercenaries from back in the old days, David's personal bodyguard, they went down and put Solomon on King David's mule and escorted him to the Gihon spring. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon. And then they sounded the trumpet and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing flutes and rejoicing greatly, so the ground shook with the sound of the celebration. Now, Adoniah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finishing their feast. And on hearing the sound of the trumpet, General Joab said, What's the meaning of all the noise in the city? And even as he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. And Adonai said, Come in, come in, a worthy man like you must be bringing good news. Oh, not at all, Jonathan answered. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and Pelethites, and they have put him on the king's mule, and Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon. And from there, they've gone up cheering, and the city resounds with it. That's the noise that you hear. <laughs> you are so screwed. Moreover, Solomon has taken his seat on the royal throne. Also, the royal officials have come to congratulate our Lord King David, saying, May your God make Solomon's name more famous than yours, and his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed in worship on his bed, and he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has allowed my eyes to see a successor on my throne today. Well, what if you had been attending Adonai's coronation party? At this... All Adonai's guests rose in alarm and ran. But Adonai, in fear of Solomon, 
went and took hold of the horns of the altar. A place of protection. You can't drag the man from the horns of the altar. And Solomon was told, Adoniah is afraid of King Solomon and is clinging to the horns of the altar. He says that King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon replied, If he shows himself to be a worthy man, not a hair of his head will fall to the ground. But if evil is found in him, he will die. And then King Solomon sent men, and they brought him down from the altar. And Adoniah came and bowed down before King Solomon. And Solomon said, Go to your home. Well, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. Solomon is not a strong man. Solomon grew up in a palace with the women. He was not groomed to be a king. But David's worried about it. So he gave this charge to Solomon. I am about to go the way of all the earth. So be strong and show yourself a man. And I could just see David on his deathbed calling Solomon over, Solomon looking down at his father. His father David, a magnificent warrior, a dashing young man, a rebel, on the run, a wanted felon who becomes king. David's entire kingship was one of warfare, of consolidating power, of forming and shaping a united monarchy. Solomon never fought a battle in his life. Solomon had soft, smooth hands. Solomon was wise, well-educated. But David said, reaching up to Solomon, taking him by the tunic, pulling him down toward David's face, I am about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong. Show yourself a man. Man up for this job and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go and the Lord may keep his promise to me. The promise he made to me that if your descendants watch how they live and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now, you yourself know what Joab, son of Zariah, did to me, what he did to the two commanders of Israel's armies, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. Joab, you'll recall, murdered them, shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle, and with that, blood stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Not to mention, and we don't have this between the lines here, but it was Joab who put three javelins into the heart of Absalom as he dangled by his hair and head from a pistachio tree. When David had ordered, nothing happens to Absalom. No, 
Joab. Joab is a tough guy. But Joab is very much like a military attack dog. They're not pets. They're trained killers. They could disable or kill on demand. When that dog comes to an end of its active life in the military, they're quite often euthanized because you can't adopt an attack dog. He's not a pet. And that's Joab. Joab, the attack dog. Now that Solomon is king, now that David is about to die, and David could control Joab to some degree, but still Joab spun out of control even under David. No. David said, deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. Kill Joab. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead and let them be among those who eat at your table. They stood by me when I fled from your brother Absalom. Remember Barzillai, the old man from Gilead? Who, David invited him to come and live at the palace? No, I'm an old man. I can't, I can't taste food anymore. And I, what am I, I, life in a palace, I don't want that. Honor Barzillai. He stood by me in the worst of times. And remember, you have with you that slimy little weasel, Shimei, son of Gerah, the Benjamite from Baharim, who called down curses on me the day I went to Maanaim. He pelted me with dung and filth. And when he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword. But now, do not consider him innocent. You're a man of wisdom. You'll know what to do to him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. Kill Shimei. Now, as we read through this story, it reminds me very much of the end of Godfather Part One, when Michael Corleone succeeds his father, Vito Corleone, as godfather and head of the crime family. And what's he do at the end? Remember the baptism scene when Michael is becoming literally a godfather to his sister's son, his nephew? And the priest is saying, do you renounce Satan and all his works? And then the scene cuts to the assassinations that are going on, knocking off all the people who could be a threat to Michael Corleone. And then the scenes back at the church, I do. This scene with David is exactly like the scene at the end of Godfather 1. If you want to understand the story of King David, watch The Godfather. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. And then... David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned 40 years, an entire generation over Israel, seven in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. He carried out the killings that David had ordered. What a story! 
We've been with David for a long time now. And now we place David in his tomb. Solomon will now have to establish control over the united monarchy that David built. And that's where we'll go on Wednesday. Thank you for being with me, folks. I love doing these podcasts with you and telling these stories. And I look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday. Bye-bye now.